now it's time for Nostalgia Town, where we speak with well-known older Australians about the journey they took that makes them the person they are today. Hello, my name is Patricia Amphlett. You might know me as Little Paddy. And welcome to Baby Boomer's Guide to Life in the 21st Century. I am so proud and honoured to introduce our Nostalgia Town guest today. It's the one, the only, Judy Stone AM, who's an Australian pop and country music singer. For much of the 60s, she was a regular on Bandstand, where her duets with Culture and me became a popular feature of the show. We did duets too, didn't we? Her musical collaboration with Coljoy and the Joy Boys included a two-month tour of Japan and just about everywhere in Australia. Her first national hit was I'll Step Down in 1962 and her biggest seller was Would You Lay With Me in 1974 and we mustn't forget 4,003,221 tears from now. Or is it beers? (laughs) On the Queen's Birthday Honours list of June 2006, Judy was awarded a member of the Order of Australia for her entertainment and her charity work. The biggest welcome, Judy. How are you? I'm very well, darling. It's so lovely to talk to you. Not that we don't very often. I know we have very long phone calls. And, you know, here's another mate that uh, I know you'd like this fella very much. His name's Lex Marinos and he's a Little Lex, Judy, they call me. They call me Little Lex. (laughs) And there are reasons for that, which I'm not going into. Uh, But what I'm curious about is who is the littlest of you and Patty? Um. It's almost... Little Patty is. Oh, it's oh, okay. about a dead and were, you, were you ever tempted to be Little Judy? <laughs> no, I, I don't know why, but you know what? I am four foot ten and a half in the old measurements, and I still am. Mm-hmm. And I do believe that my darling friend there was only four foot nine and a bit. You towered over her. <laughs> but, you know, we all cheated. Judy and I in particular... We had the best, highest heels, which we loved. (laughs) And then you get to a stage in life, and the women listening will know this, that you just can't wear them that high anymore. And I am very pleased to say I inherited from Judy gave me some of her biggest, highest heels that she couldn't wear anymore, and I can still wear them. Oh, well, that's that's good to know. And, and Patty, I've taken your advice. I wear sensible flatties. And, and (laughs) you know, occasionally a court heel um, if I'm going out. But... uh, (laughs) Generally flatties, and, and it suits me fine. Ah, uh, we're all into flatties. Judy, we want to find out a little bit more about you. I know most of it, but where did you grow up? Well, actually, I, I was born in the summer, summer Hill on New mm. Year's Day, 1941, but um, lived in Newtown till I was about five. Ah. So, uh, eldest, eldest of three girls, and I went to uh, Australia Street School in Newtown which was mm-hmm. a fabulous name of the school because all of our family were always passionate about our sunburn country. And uh, it was in kindergarten that I graduated from the triangle, mm-hmm. playing the triangle, <laughs> to a plastic ukulele, and then later on my mum's straw broom. So I was always wanting to play music or sing music. Where did you get your first big guitar, real guitar? When we moved to Granville, um, after I was about five, I went to um, Blackfield Street School. And there, um, well, what happened was my, my dad knew that I wanted to play music. So he, in, uh, he what he did was there was a Beresford School of Music, and he enrolled my sister, Joyce, and me, Joyce on the banjo, and me on the guitar. Mm-hmm. And but 
basically it was a steel pedal guitar and I didn't want that. I wanted to be a cowgirl straight away. But that was my very first guitar. And Judy, when did you realise that uh, that this was something, not something, just something that you were interested in, but that there might be something that you would pursue as a career? Do you remember when that happened? Well, I was always passionate about it, Lex. You know, I mean, there was always singing in our house. It didn't matter where, what it was, Mario Lanza or whoever or Doris Day, where there was always singing. And when I was at Blackfoot Street School, my school teacher was a Mr. McLean, and I think that was the very beginning for me because Mr. McLean was the father of Joy and Heather McLean. Oh, wow. Slim Dusty. And Heather married Reg Lindsay. Gee so one day I took my guitar to school, where I was allowed to do that when it was raining and we couldn't play sports, and um, I was singing, and Mr. McLean suggested and went down to see my mum and dad and said that I should go and see Heather McLean who worked at the Alert Radio in Parramatta. And actually, from there on, the rest is really history. In the school holidays, I was on the Reg Lindsay show, and then later on, that led to Cole Joy show. That led to Bandstand. So really, way back at Granville was the beginning, I think, of my career. It, so much happened so quickly at the beginning of, well, I know my career and your career too. Can you remember the very first time you met Cold Joy, what was it like? Well, actually, my dad took us down to the uh, stadium that used to be at White City mm-hmm. and performing down there, and that's the first time I'd ever seen him. I mean, little did I realise, darling, that one day we'd be sharing the stage. Mm-hmm. When there was an agent, and you may may remember this man called Ted Quigg. Sure do. He knocked on my door because I was winning a few little, um, you know, little singing on the back of trucks and Hollywood Park, I won a talent quest, and he... Um, heard me on the Reg Lindsay show and and said to my mum and dad, I'm putting a show on at Camden with Cole Joy. Well, we nearly mm-hmm. fell over. He said, I'd like Judy to sing a couple of songs. So it was at Camden. It would have been, oh, well before Bandstand, well before. It would have been probably 1960. And then that, yeah. of course, I mean, then I went on Bandstand, actually failed my first audition audition on bandstand because I sang and yodeled and they weren't ready for that then then. (laughs) (laughs) Aren't they silly? Really, I know, and I yodeled so well. But um, (laughs) it was after singing a bit, particularly with Reg, where I was starting to sing a little bit more Patsy Cline-type songs, that Mm. it was actually the Flanagans, and you remember them, Yeah, yep. And it was Margaret Flanagan who said, Johnny O'Keefe is doing auditions. Come down and sing for Johnny O'Keefe. And it was, I was on Johnny O'Keefe's show before Bandstand. Ooh. (laughs) Yeah, because Johnny heard me and said, Don't bring your guitar. Mm. I gave me a Brenda Lee song called um, I'm Sorry. You know, I'm sorry, that one. So, so sorry, please accept my apology. That's it. What a song. And I remember hearing Judy sing that when I first started and I was mesmerised. I thought, oh, and she's almost crying when she sings. It was so emotional and beautiful. Thanks, Judy. Those bandstand days are fantastically nostalgic. And, I, I mean, I remember, you know, the family, we would sit around the black and white telly and wait for bandstand to come on of a Saturday evening and it was it was fantastic. And, and Judy, I'm curious, if, given your initial inclination was towards country music, did you find adapting to the heavier kind of rock and roll, not that it was that heavy, but 
But that style of music suited you as well? Yes, mm. I did, actually, because people that I admired, like Connie Francis, uh, Brendan Lee, particularly Brendan Lee, uh, who was tiny. She was even tinier than you, Patricia. Little Brenda. And she could sing stuff like, well, actually, the first appearance on the Johnny O'Keefe show I did um, I'm Sorry, and the second one was Jambalaya. And oh, that was okay. sort of poppy type. And I think that sort of introduced me to the – I could never – I mean, I'd always love to have been a Rene Gay or, or a real belty out type one, but it, it wouldn't have suited me. But I love the ballads, I love the country, and I love the sort of a bit boppy rock and roll. And it's terrific because throughout your career, you've had all of those opportunities to sing those kind of songs, ballads, rock, country, all so well. And, you know, in Australia, it's kind of how it is, isn't it, Judy? You must learn to be to do everything to be versatile. I think we had good grounding, though. I, I don't want to take words out of your mouth, Judy, but how lucky were we to have toured as often as we did with great musicians, Cole always at the helm and terrific audiences, uh, culminating in probably one of the best tours for Australian performers. We uh, was long way to the top. Did you love doing that too? Yes, I did. But you know what? Getting back to Cole, um, what I learned from the Cole Joy days was that you just didn't get up there and sing, that you had to relate to the audience and you had mm. to be an entertainer. And that was something that I took with me that I learned from Colin. The mm. audience have to feel that you're one of them, which you are, but you bring up little things that they'd be aware of. And Cole mm. was, was a doing that, wasn't he? Oh, he was great. A great storyteller. But you know what? We're getting back to what you said about long way to the top because you know that we always had to uh, – it was very rough on the road in the early days, wasn't it? You know, we'd mm. have to get iron our clothes and do our makeup, but long way to the top. That's what I thought. Now, this is what real famous people do. Remember, we had the dresser that would take our clothes and hang them up in the truck. That's and right. In our dressing room. <laughs> we, we thought that was fabulous, didn't we? Five-star accommodation. Very and, nice. Now, look, that's enough of this. That's enough of this. <laughs> I, I, I don't mean to be controversial, uh, but but I do have to introduce a serious note into this, and I'm, I'm reliably informed, Judy, that when little Patty mm-hmm. came along, there was a great rivalry between you two and that she was notoriously <laughs> difficult and a prima donna and she <laughs> threw things in the dressing room. And even at 14, <laughs> Patricia, Patricia, <laughs> she was notoriously difficult to work with. <laughs> and that's remained the case, I have to say. Um, and she was just uh, behaved appallingly. That's what I've heard. <laughs> I listen here, Your Honour. It's once and for all. Little Patricia, when we were doing Long Way to the Top, um, I sat up with her and she taught me mm. how to knit. How groovy is that? <laughs> Without dropping a stitch. One pearl, one plain. And a few rules were broken too that a particular small person, me, did quite a bit of cooking mm. in uh, accommodation that wasn't meant to be cooked in. Oh, <laughs> see, these are the these are the road stories mm. that just don't get told. But the funny thing about it, in the early days, um, the Joy Boys and that may have wanted to get thrown out at some times because they were up late. I thought we were going to get thrown out of the, one of the top hotels because that little lady that you <laughs> 
was I do could she cook up a storm but I think some of the flavours like maybe a curry might have given it away you could <laughs> I mean but wow it was <laughs> I could smell it in the next town <laughs> the tools with her, her cooking tools and saucepans and oh dear but you know what yeah and and she notoriously got stuck into the into the um, strawberry flavouring didn't she <laughs> The cordial, the raspberry cordial. I've heard Patricia used to knock it over like going out of style. Uh, Judy, would you like to tell them, I know I instigated it, but would you like to tell the listeners the story of us being three very game young women when we missed the bus into town in Canberra? Our accommodation was an hour out of Canberra and we thought, oh, I've got to get in and buy some food because we've got the night off and I'll cook. And we had no way of getting there. So what did we do, Judy? Oh, listen, hang on. You've got me now for a second. We didn't barbecue it, did we? No, we hitched a ride with a truck driver. Oh, come on. (laughs) I know we were called the Chucky Babes. Well, it was. We missed the bus and what would we do? And I thought, do you know, I always think that truck drivers are fabulous and incredibly helpful. Yeah, Of course we had the candelabra. Yep. And yeah. that was afterwards, but we, we did hitch a ride in a truck to get to Canberra. And then after, <laughs> I know these are silly stories, but they mean a lot to us. Um, on Towards the end of the tour, the truck drivers and that particular lot of crew of whom there were many didn't get to eat with us and we really thought the world of them. So yeah. we invited them to eat with us and we set up a candelabra Etc. And we bought beautiful wine for them and treated them like the kings that we thought they were. So they uh, were the truckies that we looked after as well. What on our dressing room door? Because mm-hmm. we used to share. There was the trucky babes, That's and our right. names underneath it. I've still got all of that, and the photograph of the guys and us sitting around with the candelabra for them. <laughs> Honestly. It, it was fantastic, wasn't it? I mean, yeah. we could be. Uh, there's another story with Dinah and you and I, and we mm. used to love shopping. Mm. And we'd ever had an afternoon off. Oh, we got early, we would go shopping. And then after we did that, we had to go back and do a radio program. And the mm. guy said, and what do you do when you have a bit of time? I said, well, you know that we're alcoholic shoppers. <laughs> I meant to say shopaholics. Mm, mm. And, and he I said believed alcoholics. <laughs> well, I mean, I thought, well, there we go. We're into the rock and roll. We're up there now in the rock and roll fame with all the blokes. Ah, rock and roll lifestyle, absolutely. <laughs> and and, uh, and I believe you used to share an aspirin. Oh, an aspirin. We're big on the aspirins, of course. Now, do you know, I'm, I'm thrilled to say that we had pretty clean living when we were on the road and um, we missed out on the drug scene and the bad heavy drinking scene. I think we were very fortunate, don't you, Judy? Well, I don't think we would have got a gig because I know that it's all right for blokes to do that, but I think for ladies to turn up drunk or out of it, um, I don't think that would ever happen really. No, no. Do you know of anyone? I don't. No, I don't don't either. No, we were... We had to really, we always wanted to do another gig, didn't we? The next gig. The sense of being professional was uh, well and truly entrenched in us. What kind of music do you listen to now, Judy? Oh, look, it's really, I love all sorts. I mean, when we we were growing up, we had sort of an eclectic taste. But it was my Uncle Bill that sort of introduced me to classic music, 
and we didn't have a lot of money. We lived in a housing commission, and he would take us girls to see uh, the ballet, um, a bit of not so much the opera. That would have been a bit heavy, but classic music, classical music. Now, uh, for about the last twenty years or even a bit longer, particularly as I've had a bit of illness, that has been really my saviour. I absolutely, Mm. whether it's Yo-Yo Ma on the cello or whether it's, you know, just listening to Dame Joan Sutherland doing a duet with Marilyn Horne, it just absolutely riches my life beyond, I can't tell you, beyond my wildest dreams. Mm. It's funny how we change as we get older, our Catholic broader tastes come into being. And indeed our Protestant ones as well. Mm. Apart from, obviously, music, what other influences did you have growing up? Did you go to the movies a lot? Did you watch a lot of TV? Did you read? What what else did you do? Growing up? No, all my life was in show business from about the age of 11 or 12. And that's why I really, I mean, and, and you know, Paddy, you don't, Patricia, you, you'd know this. There was no time to join a tennis club. You no. see, we our whole lives, and you were only 14. I mean, mm. it just evolved around going on tours and working. And mm. our our show business family, that's all we had, really. If we and were lucky great. the movies, we did a few times, actually, with Rene Gayer and you and I. We went to the movies in Diner. But I had absolutely... No social life growing up at all. I can say the same. And that's why it's so important for me now. I remember when I had to retire, and which is a little bit sad. If you if you feel the time's up, you think that's it. But when you're forced to, it's a bit of a shock because your whole life just evolved around the next gig, the tours, your piano player, you know, um, working mm. out the band, and all of a sudden you're not doing anything. And that was mm. a shock to me. Yeah. Hey, Judy, you. I know that you, one of your most favourite hobbies, and I know you're very, very good at it, is playing mahjong. Oh, listen, I play it at least three times a week. I'd play it more if I could. But um, I'm very excited now because a group of girls that I played for, they decided I'll oh, play it with. They thought they might go on to, um, you know, something else. And uh, so I thought, well, that's no good. So I ended up teaching nearly all my street in Kent Gardens how to play mahjong. And now we've got the Kent Gardens Mahjong Club. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, That's very important. We have a a mantra, a little thing we say on our show, which, you know, as we're all maturing and retiring, etc., it's get connected and stay connected. And that's obviously what you've done. I know you have you have a wonderful family, two other beautiful sisters. And, and a brother-in-law. And that's just, right. Yeah, honestly, you're a very close family. That's good. And you've got your mahjong and life's pretty good, isn't it, in retirement? It is really. I mean, I've got to be honest with you. Um, I was going, after I retired, I was going past and I saw a croquet club up here at Nelson Bay. And I thought, oh, that sounds interesting. So I drove around and I saw the group of ladies playing it and, and the men. And I thought, I'll have a go at that. Now, I loved that for two years until my arthritis got a bit bad. But because uh. of that, I met a group of people. And because of them, I learned how to play mahjong. I learned how to do bonsai. So it kind of, if you do something and you take that effort to join one thing, you can branch out. You know, we have a a meeting, not a meeting, but we have a get-together once a month. 
and we mm. all bring food and, and we get we take a turnaround of people's places. We decide whether we want to go to the Maitland repertoire theatre there or we want to go to the movies. You have to have a social outlet. Well, you've just inspired a whole lot more listeners, Judy. I hope you realise that. You're inspiring everybody about what's good about retirement, what's good about reflecting with your mates and remembering good times. It's been really lovely to have you on the program. And I know that you and I will talk again very soon. And wasn't it great, Lex? Oh, absolutely. And Judy, let me take this opportunity to Thank you so much for the many, many hours and uh, of just wonderful enjoyment and entertainment. Thank you so much. Actually, it's a pleasure talking to you, Lex. Lex, now listen, Patricia. Yes, I know yes. that people are listening. <laughs> probably a lot of the people in my age just want to share with them mm-hmm. because that we were growing up. It was pounds, shillings, and pence. It was, and it was pounds, shillings, pence, and it was feet and inches. And do you know I sew? As you know, I sew. And knit, and I I don't even know. I can't tell you what 10 centimetres is, but I can tell you what two inches is. I I still think in inches and feet. So how old am I? I want to share this with you, listeners, because it may bring back some memories. I was talking on stage once. And I was saying that my uncle gave me a threepence to sing. Ah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was in those days they were. So this man came backstage and he gave me this note. And I, I absolutely adore him. Adore so this is for all your listeners. He said mm. his father gave him a diner for a haircut. It was also called a bob or a shilling or two zacks or four trays or a zack and two trays. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the haircut was ninepence or a zack or three trays. And he used to let me spend the tray left over for a threepenny ice cream. Now, the dinner was 12 pennies <laughs> or 24 halfpennies. And mm. when the dollar came in, it would buy you 14 middies of beer. Today, <gasps> it would buy you oh. a spoon of beer. Now, how about that to end the whole program oh, with? Ah, that's fantastic. Oh, <laughs> what goodness. a great, that's a good little story. That's a big story. I remember pounds, shillings and pence and then ah, we went to dollars yeah. and I had Very no sense. funny. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Judy, thank you so, so much. And you and I will have a mag on the phone another time soon. Thank we you. We will, darling. I love you heaps. And, yeah, and, much uh, love I to you. I want to wish all your listeners a very happy and social life. Much love to you. I'm sure they would return the wishes. Thank you so much, Judy. Thank you. See ya. Thank you, darling. Thank Bye. you very See much. See you, Jude. Bye, Elsie. Bye. 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 